T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome in to BMAS and Beamer here on a Friday morning on WBEN. That Friday feeling, Brian. You have it? Yeah. Okay. Just <laughs> You seem full of energy. Your uh, your three-day week. But your three-day week has felt like a six-day week. It has. You're like double working. Yeah. Ask me at the end of today how many days it felt, feels like I worked. Yeah. I, it's like, oh, you know, a nice easy week here, and then like you're still same amount of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, 908 here, and a few hours ago, we saw Mercy Hospital employees go out on strike, something that, you know, obviously uh, they hope to avoid through their ongoing negotiation. Um, and, and I'm wondering out there, and this is, you know, a call out to anybody if you're on the picket line currently, if you're involved in the situation, or even if you're not, to give us a call, 803-0930, or send us your thoughts on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board as to the situation going on at Mercy Hospital and, uh, you know, really kind of amongst a lot of uh, Catholic health employees, more than just at Mercy when it comes to these contracts and what has to be uh, done with about 2,000 employees at Mercy Hospital and more employees throughout Catholic health system who have walked off the job this morning. I think, you know, when it comes to this, and I was talking, Joe, a lot with, and this is from the outsider's perspective, whether it's this deadline that we've been talking about for the last week or so, or whether it's over in Washington when they're talking about a debt ceiling, mm. <clears throat> excuse me, or a deadline to pass a certain bill, I feel like generally we've kind of become numb to a lot of this, the threat of strike, the threat of this or that, where there is an assumption that, you know, everything's going to get worked out. I don't think it's really going to come to this. And that was even if we go back, um, you know, when this was first raised, this issue, and the idea of a strike and the idea of there needs to be a new deal in place. uh, A month ago, what did we hear from people who were kind of experts in the field that, you know, it rarely ever does come to this? Yeah, I I never thought we would see 
the uh, the healthcare workers striking. Um, I, I talked about that a lot yesterday. You know, you would think more and more would be brought to the table, and uh, the fact that at three thirty they just stopped talking, and now they're not going to talk until Monday. Uh, but you're right. You know, you, you have these threats all the time. We're gonna we're gonna shut down the government, as you mentioned, yeah. um, if you don't raise the debt ceiling. And don't even get me started on how I feel about raising the debt ceiling. Don't you wish you could do that, Brian? Like, hey, you know, I. Uh, I, oh, I raise my own debt ceiling. Yeah, yes. I, I agreed. <laughs> I agreed to uh, fund more things than I actually have money for. And you just go to the bank and say, "Can I raise the debt ceiling?" And they say to you, "Oh yeah, until you pay the the stuff off." Yeah, just keep on no, going. no, for good. Yeah, <laughs> just keep on going. But you're right, you know, because we have. I mean, that's our politics today, right? Threats of shutting the government down, threats of this, threats of that. So you hear this, and I'm gonna be honest. I'm this naive. When I left work yesterday. I thought before midnight they would have a deal. Obviously, I was wrong, um, but you're right. We hear this all the time. We hear threats of strikes all the time, and you just never thought it would actually come to this. But as we heard this morning, Brian, they were uh, loud and proud outside the uh, Mercy Hospital. Yeah, it is You know, something that you, you really don't think it's going to come to this. No. Right? At, at any uh, part. Uh, it did happen before. Buffalo General in uh, 1983, and one of the nurses, Deborah Hayes, who's involved in this current strike now, was also a part of that strike at Buffalo General in 1983. When you go through a strike and you have to go back to work, there is a certain tension there, and you have to put a lot of energy into setting uh, the strike issues aside and work at developing a work relationship. And it, we heard something similar from Larry Zelinsky, who went on uh, to become the president over at Buffalo General Hospital. He joined us yesterday, and he talked about the the trust factor between nurses and administration when you have the talk of a strike or an actual strike. When you have a culture that is divided divided like this, it can have lasting impact. I mean, I told was at Buffalo General back in 2011, and there were nurses there that were still talking about the strike in 1983. <laughs> so, I mean, these kinds of things can be very, very divisive. And still, you know, talking about that, right, you know, 20 years after, you're still kind of looking back at what the mood was during the strike and it seems like we're in that same situation here. So I guess my question is to people out there, if you want to weigh in or, you know, to anybody is what from an outsider's perspective, and of course, anyone on the inside, you can give us a call too, as I mentioned before, but from that outsider's perspective, what does that do to your level of confidence in the healthcare system. What does that do to your level of confidence or your feelings when you do have to become a patient, even when this strike might be over? Because it's, I mean, this has gotten to a point where this is now almost impossible to ignore, and you're still going to have this and the points that were raised by nurses 
in the back of your mind, I think, if you're living in the area. Oh, and no doubt there will be tension uh, once the strike is over back in the hospital. But, Brian, think about all those individuals that are impacted today, are impacted this weekend, will be impacted on Monday, that may have had a, uh, a surgery scheduled, may have had some services that you can only get at the hospital. Now those people are either waiting with their ailment or looking for another hospital. And as I heard yesterday, as we heard yesterday, um, most hospitals have staffing issues right now. Uh, it's just like anywhere else in the country. These hospitals are running on thin staffs. So it's not like, oh, my, my surgery got suspended. Well, I can go down the street to another hospital and get that scheduled right away. Uh, you might be talking about something you've waited months for and now have to wait more months. I mean, so you have the tension inside the hospital, but think about how that's also affecting those in the community with these delays. And, you know, to think about this, in the terms of the last year and a half when there's been so much attention put on hospital and uh, the capacity with inside certain units inside of a hospital and the healthcare system. I, I think that makes maybe the last 24 hours even a little bit more surreal that yes. you know, you're seeing this after so much attention has been given to it, right? Um, after we've been talking about it for the last year and a half. I, I mean, that definitely adds to um, really, I, I think most of Western New York looking at this situation and wondering what's going on. If you would have told me that the union that was going to have issues in the year of 2021, uh, that was going to have issues getting to a negotiation to, to get some issues like staffing and wages addressed, uh, the last group. I would think would be nurses that could not come to it, that that the hospital, the healthcare provider couldn't come to an agreement to keep them on, especially after the last year. Uh, we've seen them working so hard, not saying they didn't work hard before the pandemic, but we've definitely seen those roles um, more intense over the last 18 months. And, and even though we're talking about healthcare right now, I think, you know, in general, uh, when you're speaking about a labor situation like this, it's something almost anyone can relate to, right? Uh, on a worker-to-worker -worker basis, what's the atmosphere like in uh, the place where you work? Uh, what does it feel like? Are your needs being met as an employee to, you know, not to, I think maybe in the last 10 years, it's, you know, switched from, you know, are your when I say are your needs being met as an employee, People think of that as like meaning bringing like a ping pong uh, table and a buffet into the office, right? Like work, but you know, office perks have like gone kind of above and beyond yeah. over the last ten years. I feel in a lot of businesses, but that's not what I mean by that. When you know, meeting your needs as an employee, do does the company that you're working for? provide you with what you need to be able to do your job. Right. I mean, that's that's the simple part of it. And that's not just a, a healthcare worker issue. I mean, that's something that everybody who has a job is asking themselves every single day. But again, there's other professions like the one we work in that, okay, if you're short on supplies, yes, it's annoying. Yes, it's frustrating. But what I heard yesterday, Brian, there was someone that called in that said when they put an order in for supplies, now this is a nurse at a hospital, that she is lucky to get 25% of what she ordered. Like, you would think of any place that supply shortage, you know, would not would not be the issue that it is. Being 75% short on your order is a nurse. We had another nurse call in uh, saying that there were times where they didn't have enough bedpans. I mean, so these are the issues. These are what we're seeing in hospitals. And I mean, anyone, like you said, that's listening to our voices right now, 
they're they're dealing with the same things in their profession. Uh, but I can only imagine when you are talking about a situation of eight patients to one nurse and then add the supply issue. Um, it, it's got to be so tense right now. And that's before the strike happened. Uh, over on our text board, 803-0930, you have a lot of people who are uh, within the situation working at these hospitals uh, chiming in. Not wanting to put their name to it, and that's, you know, uh, you can do so anonymously on our text board. That's why it's there. Uh, but this is a problem. This is uh, somebody who says they're inside of a healthcare system. But this is why, Joe, I said that, you know, anyone can relate. Uh, because they say, you know, continuing to bring in high-paid executives to solve mm-hmm. problems without asking associates and people who are actually doing the job what the problems are and what the ways to fix them would be is a major issue that could lead to what we saw at 6 a.m. this morning. And that's right. I mean, that is something I think everyone can relate to. I mean, how many times in your job do you see that where, hey, there's an issue or there's a brainstorming session? How do we do things a little bit better? And who's answering the question? Someone you've never seen before in your right. life. <laughs> Someone that's never worked in the field, never worked in your region, but they're going to come in and they're going to answer the questions that, you know, maybe if you just talked to each other, talk to the people who are experiencing this, hey, maybe they could figure something out. Uh, but it seems like the higher ups just want to hear to yeah. m- want to listen to more higher ups. Right. It's, um, you know, <laughs> it's a big brainstorming session. How do we solve this problem? Let's get together, have a couple meetings or... You know, you could just ask the person uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> working day-to-day with uh, whatever problem it is you're trying to solve. If you're asking what the issues are at the place you, you manage and employees are giving you around the same answer and you go to 10, 15 employees and they say the same thing as what's, what's the issue, what they need addressed, you could probably just believe that those 15 employees know what they're talking about. You don't have to get six figures and bring someone else in to figure it out. Right. I mean, and that's an annoyance. Everyone's got to have that. Yes. And everyone's got to have a story about that. 803-0930 if you do. I, that has always been. I mean, th- it doesn't matter what your job is from, you know, low rung part time to wherever you are right now. It's just, uh, you know, hey, if can I be asked just, uh, hey, raising the hand over here, I, a quick, uh, simple solution to all this instead of uh, brainstorming about it for three months, I think uh, – I think I it's, might be able to help you out here. It's like when you're told, this This I got told at my last job all the time, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Well, if you want to hear from me, then why is someone else uh, coordinating your uh, your changes to make a better work environment? We, uh, we want to say that we heard from you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe a more accurate way to put that. We'll go to Mary in Orchard Park. And Mary, what's on your mind? You're on WBEN. Hi. Uh, you guys were talking about, you know, how's your level of confidence in, in the hospitals and healthcare system? And the point I want to make is that <clears throat> this strike doesn't affect me, like, my level of confidence. What does affect my level of confidence is um, Kathy Hochul's cruel vaccine mandate for all healthcare workers. My husband works in a hospital, and, and he said that she has no idea the damage she's causing. And, you know, to your point about talking to the um, everyday ranks, he says that, you know, she, she has no clue. She has no clue how it really works down at that level. And what she's doing is very harmful. So that, to me, is much more damaging than this temporary strike. Hey, Mary, appreciate the call. And I can see psychologically that being the case mm-hmm. amongst employees. 
reality of the situation right now, you had an uh, entire hospital's worth of nurses walk out. So that is going to be more, you know, in, in the nuts and bolts of it, in black and white, when you look at the current situation. What happened this morning is going to have a bigger impact than what happened earlier this week across uh, right. the healthcare system in Western New York. They- How, however, I can see that that is one of the things psychologically where if you are at a place of business and I can put myself in a worker's shoes and you can come to this no matter where you stand on the issue of the vaccine itself. But if you're a healthcare worker inside of a hospital or somewhere else, and all of a sudden there's a mandate on your industry to, you know, get the vaccination, I, my, you know, if I put myself in that position, I would not be thinking so much like, oh, you know, here it is a burden on me because that particular announcement wouldn't affect me. Right. I would say, okay, here's my proof of vaccination. Can I be on with my day now? But what would stick with you and why I said it's more of a psychological impact and why this could be a longer lasting impact is, oh, great. You know what? Everything, everything else we were talking about, Joe, you know, I already have this and that management telling me what I can and can't do and making rules based on what they think instead of actually being here because, you know, it's people I don't see every day on the job. But now I have someone in government who I also don't see on the job making rules about what they think is best in my workplace. And that is where I can see psychologically this having an impact. uh, on. But as we said before, nuts and bolts of it, uh, you know, this is a much greater immediate impact a hospital's worth 2,000 employees walking off the job until a new agreement is in place. I mean, that is going to have a, a major impact, as we talked a lot uh, about yesterday, on not just Mercy Hospital, but the trickle-down effect to the rest of Western New York is there. Yeah, this is having, as you said, an immediate effect because you have now other hospitals that are already dealing with their own staffing issues, already dealing with their own overflow issues, um, taking in more patients because those ambulances are being diverted to one of them. But I, I do agree, Brian, that the the mandate is going to have a long-lasting effect, uh, especially, again, we heard from all hospitals in the region yesterday going as far as Rochester, they all have staffing issues. They all have nurses that are dealing with more patients than they're used to. And now you take five, seven, eight percent of that workforce that is coming in and working their 40, 50 hour weeks and you take them away. That will be the longer lasting. But as you said, right now, uh, today, the, the dominoes are falling because you have a hospital that's not accepting those patients and they are getting taken to ECMC, Millard, Fillmore. Uh, they're taking downtown. They're going to, to hospitals that, again, are already having their own issues. And where is, what about you out there, 803-0930? Where is the disconnect between management and employees where you work? This is not just a healthcare problem, uh, even though that's you know where the main focus is today. I mean, this is something you see in every job you've ever had. You know, Joe, I remember working at the Cold Stone Creamery. Oh, all right. right? Which there, I don't think there's, is there any around anywhere? There's one more that I know of. Okay. Orchard Park. It's, uh, you know, it's not the same owners or anything like that, but, you know, it was a teenage job at the, the Cold Stone Creamery. You'd be slinging ice cream. It was the summer of 55. Handing <laughs> <laughs> out. Uh, not that long ago, but, um, you know, it, it, and part of the uh, greatness about the Cold Stone Creamery was uh, they had a thing where if you put a tip in the jar, everyone was supposed to sing a song. 
Oh. And no matter how little the tip. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> and now I'm I'm over here working. You know, you're not making a lot of money working right. at the Cold Stone, but I, I, you're hustling. You're doing your job. I mean, that place was very popular when I worked yes. there and it just opened. I mean, there was a line out the door from when the door opened until you know, when you locked the door and the last person left. Still quite popular in Orchard Park, by the way. Well, there you go. So you're hustling and, you know, you're thankful of all the tips. But then you get people who are dropping dimes in the tip mm. jar Mm-mm. or, you know, a dollar and expecting you to sing a song for it. And, I, you know, management would come by and, uh, you know, the owners and everybody else and say, you know, oh, come on, every tip, you got to sing a song. And that's where I said, you know, listen. Here's the disconnect here. You want to keep me happy? I'm not singing when somebody drops a dime no. in the thing as no. I'm uh, working here. That's you know, and that's something that you wouldn't quite understand as uh, somebody who's hustling back and forth, you know, trying to uh, get the ice cream before it melts into the uh, hands. I don't have time to stop and sing. You know, normally in any other job, you stop and sing, you you probably get in trouble for it. Here yeah, it was encouraged. It. <laughs> but <laughs> what song would you sing? Oh, there was a lot, Joe. I um I couldn't remember. Was there off a go to? There was a few go tos. There were special like happy birthday ones. I think. But you would drop a tip and say it's my birthday. Tip drop. Yeah, I no. do one of those annoying things. No. Um, I don't know if I ever told Howard this. Howard uh, uh Simon. Right down the hall from us. He came in and made you sing once? I remember. No, here's the thing. Oh. He would always tip and always say, please don't sing the song. Nice. I mean, and my favorite customer. I have respect for Howard now. Right? <laughs> now. <laughs> Where was it before? Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, that's just one of the little examples, right, of how, you know, where's the disconnect between you as a worker and the people who are in charge of you who think they know what's going on in your yeah. day-to-day, but you kind of look at that and say, eh, maybe not so much. I, uh, <laughs> there's so many examples of that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back. That Friday feeling. How you doing on a Friday morning? It's Beamaz and Beamer talking about, well, a couple of things this morning as we have the uh, the strike underway in front of Mercy Hospital, and you've heard live coverage of that here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And also, what do you feel about those in management, those that, you know, are supposed to keep the workplace going, uh, listening to other higher-ups when how, when how to address the workplace situations, not actually going to the employees to see what they could use to make their work life not only more enjoyable, but more productive. I have a feeling you see that across all lines. Uh, let's head over to Nancy in Buffalo. Nancy, you're on WBEM. What's on your mind this morning? Well, I think a lot of people are missing the point. I'm 80 years old, and if it wasn't for nurses and doctors, I wouldn't be here. But I would like to say the nurses deserve every penny that they can get. I went through a strike at Rochester General many years ago, and it was the worst thing to be in the hospital. I ended up, I had to stay 10 days for something I shouldn't have had to stay for 10 days because I didn't have a nurse taking care of me regularly like she was supposed to, okay? There was a shortage of nurses, a shortage. I couldn't even get a washcloth or a towel. That's how bad it was. People don't understand it that this is serious. These people keep our lives going and let us live a decent life. And they should be paid what they want. They should have the supplies. The hospitals don't have the supplies. There is a shortage. And the thing is, when I just had my last surgery, I got a list of things that I paid for. I didn't mind paying for them. I needed them. But if they weren't there, I wouldn't be here. When I had my surgery, if they didn't have all the equipment, where would I be? You people have got to understand, and this hokel is ruining people's lives, and it's wrong, too. The nurses, I mean, they're being like they're being punished. It's wrong. These people got to wake up, and when you're younger, you don't understand it. But I've been through cancer. I've been through several surgeries, and I've been there. I've seen what the nurses go through. Some work 12, 14 hours a day on their feet. You go out and work 12, 13, 14 hours a day. See how you survive. It's not fair. They're not getting the right amount of money that they deserve. If it wasn't for the nurses, the doctors couldn't handle anything. And that's the God's honest truth. I've seen it firsthand. Nancy, you're not going to get anybody to argue with anything you just said, right? But I guess where is the, if you want to come to it from the other side, and there is a shortage in nurses, there is a staffing issue, It's what you hear, not just in this hospital, but hospitals all across Western New York and the country. At some point, though, you can only hire 
X amount of people who are looking to work at the job. So how do you resolve both issues at the same time? Well, one thing is can be done. Check on the CEO, what he gets a year, okay? Does he go on the floor and help anybody? No, he does not. But he gets paid probably 25 times what a nurse gets paid. There has to be some cutbacks in other departments. And I think they have to stop at the, at the top, start it at the top and go down and say, well, I have to, you know, really help these people out, so I'll take a pay cut for a while. And there's also the executive director, the director, all these people. It trickles down. Somebody's got to help the nurses, or we are going to be in very sad shape. I mean, we are now, but it's going to get worse. Can you imagine a nurse dedicating her life, going to school, spending her money, and she is getting put out of her job? Please, somebody do something to help these people. Hey, Nancy, appreciate the call and the comments this morning. And Nancy makes a good point. You know, and that's not just at the uh, in the healthcare profession, but I think everywhere people look at. You know, uh, you have a shortage in staffing, a shortage of supplies. Maybe you need to cut somewhere to fill those fill those things, right? Fill the supplies, have more money to so there's not staffing issues where it matters. Yeah, usually, and I talked about this yesterday when uh, there was the temporary bill to keep the government open. Uh, maybe it is cutting staff at those top parts where it's not as necessary as where we are seeing the shortages affect everyday life. Right. It's, um, I guess, how you answer it is part of your outlook on well, just about everything, right? I, we talked about this when we were talking about, um, what was it? It was the story a few months ago, Chipotle. They're raising their menu prices because they're raising wages. And, you know, people, oh, see, this is what happens. Like, well, you know, no, hang on a second. I mean, you're choosing to raise the menu prices. There are other places you can make up that cost that's not the consumer. I happened to uh, see, you know, one big uh, cost right at the top of the uh, food chain here, so to speak. So a lot lot of those people at the top of the food chain, if you cut their uh, their salary in half, it's still a lot of money. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) you you can still manage to get by. Uh, Kathy, we'll go to Kathy next. Uh, Kathy's in Buffalo. You're on WBEM. What's on your mind? Hey, Kathy. All right. We'll try uh, Kathy uh, some other time. Diane in Buffalo, you're on WBEN. Hey, good morning. How are you? Hey, doing well, Diane. What's on your mind? Well, oh my gosh, what's not on my mind? This whole thing with all this nursing and, uh, you know, us, I, I'm a nurse and us being the enemy. Last year, you know, we were walking into COVID rooms and not knowing if, you know, we were going to bring this home to our family. And now this year, um, you know, we're striking. Uh, we have nurses that are losing their job because they don't want to get vaccinated um you know these ceos at these hospitals make millions of dollars millions and here we are working you know the hospitals can't function without us they can't function they can't bill the insurance companies without our documentation um you know without us the hospitals cannot function um it's disheartening to hear kathy hochel say that she's going to bring in the national guard Nurses do so much more than just bring washcloths and towels. You know, you, you realize these teaching hospitals, when they bring in these new residents, what do you think is keeping these patients alive? When these residents write for medications or, you know, they're not sure what to do, it's the nurses. 
Um, there's so much more to it than people would ever realize that we do behind the scenes, and we are all working short staff. Diane, you know, it's a question that's been in my mind for a while, especially over the last year, and you mentioned, you know, all the COVID concerns and uh, everything and how the tables have turned so much, it seems like, as opposed to March of 2020. I, it, my question had been for some time is when we're continuing to talk about capacity inside of hospitals, is it going to be an issue right all across the U.S.? At what point do you, you know, stop pointing the finger at people getting sick and start pointing the finger at, you know, a hospital system that has to be prepared for some of this? If you know the threat is coming. Uh, when do we start to say, you know, hey, uh, shouldn't we be prepared for this? And this is all kind of part of being prepared. It is, and but you know where the shortage is actually beginning is is within the educational institutions. So the problem is, is a nurse can go to school for two years, four years. We can go back and get our master's degree. The amount of money that they want to pay nurses to walk into Trocare College, Damon College, it's really a lot of nurses will say it's not worth my my time to go back to get my master's when they're going to pay me x amount of money so the shortage is not that there's a wait list there's not enough educators so it, it, it starts and that's where it's starting from you look at the wait list for nurses to get into college and it's because they don't have enough educators because they just don't want to pay nurses and the world can't function without an rn you just can't do it Diane, thank you for the call. You know, this is part of uh, it's a tough situation, especially when you're talking about a strike with nurses. I mean, it's different from any other sort of strike that you might have. I mean, this is different from the auto worker strike uh, from a couple of years ago. This is different from somewhere else because there is the aspect of patient care and of, you know, providing that health care to people. And you, you do have to, at some point, right, it can't just be um, threats made. At some point, it can't just be, you know, uh, complaints in the media. At some point, there actually has to be an action if you're not getting what you feel is right in the situation. And unfortunately, this is the action. It's incumbent on, you know, both sides to come together and get it resolved as quickly as possible because, unfortunately, in this case, uh, again, we're not talking about cars not being made. We're not talking about coffee not being poured. We're not talking about something. You're talking about health care. So it is a, a much different situation at the same time, you know, at its core, right? Y you, you have to have to, uh, as a worker, kind of make that point made in some way, shape, or form and put that foot down at some point. Uh, again, Brian, as we started the show, I never thought we would get to this point. Uh, even when I left yesterday as uh, as Catholic Health was putting out a press conference saying, you know, here's our plan uh, for when the if the strike happens tomorrow, I really thought a, a plan would be made because of exactly what you said. This isn't... Uh, well, here, let me, sorry to interrupt you, but let me, when you said, and I, you know, I think the same thing, and I think a lot of people are of the same point of mind, when you say you'd never thought it would come to this point, uh, let me see if I can read your mind. You would think that because you think that at the end of the day, 
a healthcare system is not going to let its nurses walk off the job. Exactly. You're not thinking that because you're not thinking at the end of the day, the nurse isn't going to walk off of the job because right. of their demands not being met. You think of it the other way around, and I think that tells you a lot about the current situation. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think they would let it get to this point. I thought they would come to a reasonable, um, a reasonable deal uh, by midnight to avoid the strike from happening. Uh, but I had been proven wrong, and I think a lot of people have been proven wrong because, like you said, this isn't this isn't a car not being made. This isn't a cup of coffee not being poured. This this is our healthcare, and it is now affecting. All of Western New York. If you've never stepped foot in Mercy Hospital, but you need a hospital over the weekend, it's affecting you. And um, I, 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 that's, again, why I thought we at all, at any deal necessary, would have come out to avoid this. But obviously, um, we, it did not, and we will be seeing um, the picket line outside of Mercy Hospital until at least Monday. Let's head over to Lucy. Lucy in Buffalo, what's going on? Yeah, hi. I was one of the nurses that was uh, on strike back in the 80s with the um, Buffalo General Hospital at the time. And, you know, the staffing issue has always come up, and they've never improved it. I think it's probably even worse today. You know, back then we wanted to improve benefits for, um, you know, the nurses and that because it was needed. We had terrible health care plan and everything, but still patient care was always an issue. Um, I was involved with uh, the New York State Nurses Association at the time when they had a professional arm to that and would always be going to Albany to lobby. Always patronized by these politicians. Um, some of, some issues they did help us with, but for staffing, it just was always an issue they never did anything about. And people, you know, they forget. Nurses now, they were considered heroes during the covid so many people got sick. I even knew um, a couple people that died from the COVID working. Uh, I have to say I was kind of lucky because I was retired and I couldn't return to work. And uh, I just feel bad for them. And I think what my biggest thing would be for everybody, don't cross the picket line. You want to end this strike, don't cross the picket line. Lucy, you said that staffing's always been an issue. Was supplies ever an issue? You know, I heard a lot yesterday of people talking about supplies, lack of supplies being an issue, needing to beg for certain things. Was that ever part of the um, of the situation back in the 80s? I don't actually remember that. I'm not so sure um, it was an issue back then. You know, we did okay for a while, and then it had become an issue again. Remember during COVID, there was a shortage they needed uh, protective uh, gear going into some of those patients' rooms. They didn't have it. It took a long time to get it. And uh, that that should not have happened. So, you know, it's like they're not uh, considering what's going on for the, for the nurses and even the patients. I mean, you know, nowadays I've been so disgusted because I hear so many people saying how terrible nursing the nurses were, how terrible nursing care is. Uh, that's kind of terrible to hear because when you have one nurse that might be or two nurses that might be taking care of however many patients today are on a unit that they work on probably 20 at least if not more they have to prioritize their care and if they don't have the people that they need to, to help them some people are just not going to get that what they want and you're going to hear all those complaints from them they need they just need more help they need more qualified help Nurses are the backbone of the hospital. Without them, hospitals can't run. 
And any of these nurses that might be hired to come in, the traveling nurses, people have to understand they are not familiar with that hospital, that unit, those patients. They're not going to get as good a care. It's not that the nurses aren't qualified. It's they're not familiar with the area, what goes on in that hospital, where things are. You know, a nurse that travels comes into a hospital if they need, like, say, one person, and they get an orientation, a pretty good orientation, and they have nurses there to help them if they need help with things that they're not familiar with. Nurses are on strike. Who's going to be in that hospital to help them? Another thing is I was listening, they were talking about management. Now, when you talk about management, over the years, nursing management has changed so drastically. Nurse managers and even the um, director of nursing, they were nurses. They understand the needs of those nurses on the floors, and they did get some help from the administration in that. As time went on, when you had these CEOs, all they were concentrating on is telling these managers what they had to do and having no respect for the professionalism. Managers became almost enemies of the staff in many situations. They didn't help them. And I think that's pretty bad, too, because I don't think that nursing departments um, are able to be as strong as they should be to push for nursing needs. Hey, Lucy, appreciate the time and the comments this morning. Uh, want to get to Brenda. We don't have too much time left, uh, but Brenda, you have a thought on strikes as it relates to some, you know, other industries. Yeah, I, I, I just said uh, I was listening to the nurses. I know they're the backbone, and I, I really like, sympathize with them. But also, I think we forgot about Reagan firing on the aircraft traffic controllers, yet still, they're still up and running. So uh, we can't say that, you know, that we the only thing, uh, you know, or the only people because there are, they do have a backup plan. However, uh, however, if, if uh, you know, I, I sympathize with what they want and different things like that, but don't think that you're just the end all. So, you, you know, you, uh, that's it. That's what every job, every job has its quirk, every job it has non it has non pay. I worked in education, and we're not paid for the. Uh, and I worked. Uh, I'm retired now, and we weren't paid for the amount of work that we did. Hey, and I understand, Brenda, but you know, I do have to say, when it comes to certain, you know, th- sure, there's always somebody to step in. But when you're in that hospital bed and you're dealing with a nurse who knows everything about you because uh, they've been your nurse for the last yeah. three days. Uh, are you going to be the one who feels comfortable with somebody else who not only doesn't know you, but doesn't know where the bathroom is uh, stepping in? Air traffic controller, I, do I really want, to, when push comes to shove, sure, somebody can do the job. Yeah. Do but, I want Brian up there? Yeah. Do, do I want somebody who's never used this specific station to be tracking my flight, making sure it doesn't crash into another? Not exactly. Not exactly. I'll even take a more general look at it. You know, okay, yeah, we can get some backups in there, but how long before the staffing and supply issues become an issue with them? You know, if the conditions aren't getting any better, sure, you can plug people in. uh, But I think in this situation, there are things that need to be addressed. And again, I said this repeatedly yesterday. I am not a fan of unions. I'm not a fan of strikes. Uh, But the things I heard over the four hours yesterday uh, really opened my eyes to the situations that our healthcare professionals are going through. And yeah, you can put backup nurses in. You can have a backup plan. 
Um, but I think we're doing a disservice if we don't address, especially the staffing and supply issues that seem to be all too common here in Western New York. Well, it's uh, it's going to be one to watch over the next uh, well hour by hour, right? Yeah. I mean, day by day, we'll see where this ends up. Of course, live updates throughout the day here on WBEN, and that includes um, Joe Beamer coming up next. Also, we have uh, coming up at 11 o'clock around that time is when we're expected to hear next from nurses represented by CWA on the current state of the strike, the current state of negotiations. There wasn't really many questions answered earlier this morning. Hopefully uh, some more of that coming up. Yeah, I apologize. You're stuck with me for four more hours. And uh, Sunday's Hardline, I'm trying to uh, reschedule some things and have most of the uh, the focus be on what we are seeing outside of Mercy Hospital. A uh, little update on Sunday for Hardline. So uh, it will continue through the weekend. As we heard, uh, they will not be going back to the negotiation table until Monday. So uh, enjoy the news. Brian, enjoy your weekend, and uh, I'll talk to you in four minutes here on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.